0: This is AI Podcast not artificial intelligence agency intelligence our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams a platform for agents when people think of niche marketing they're thinking so small scale in real life agencies sharing their thoughts all you need to do is get in front of more people to transform an industry better coverages uh, better pricing better everything real the difference between givers takers and matchers agents I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Agency Intelligence where I give you real agents inside real agencies giving you the real Agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. This is Cass, and today when you hit play, you said, Wait a minute, Cass, Kelly is not an agent, and I get it, I get it, I get it, but here's the deal. Us agents are who we are without Miss Pirro. I got to tell you that right now because she does work at an agency. And matter of fact, Kelly, most of us agents probably work so little. You probably work more at an agency because we're too many out there golfing and shit. So, anyways, <laughs> uh, anyways, whether you like golfing not or not, my maybe.
1: clients, my clients are very hard at work right now.
0: <laughs> good point. Good point. <laughs> That's a good point. So, Kelly, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Jason. It's good to be here. Good to see you last week in San Antonio.
0: Oh, it was good to see you last week in San Antonio. For all you guys know that we are recording this on uh, September 21st. It's a 9:19. 19 uh, This thing's going to last about 25 to 30 minutes. We do have a hard stop. Um, but yes, we were in Brainshare uh, last week. If you guys, anybody want to know, go to AIBrainShare.com. You can see all the details on it. Um, I'm releasing the videos today because we recorded all of those. So I think that that's going to be pretty good. Um, Kelly was on, on Tuesday from one to two 30. And if you know how brain share is, that doesn't mean she was like on a stage. Kelly had a microphone and was one of the three microphones walking around and giving her feedback to some of the stuff the agent said. Um, Kelly, one of the things that I thought was absolutely beautiful about you is we had some smart agency owners who would say some things that everybody else in the room was like, Ooh, Oh, that's good. You know, and then you would bring up something that would counter it, right? Like, oh, well, that's good that they like this. But have you ever thought about doing that? And then we're all sitting there looking at that agency owner going, man, you're dumb. You got to be listening to Kelly. You know what I mean? It was, it was, (laughs) it was really, really good. And it's the reason why I wanted you there because you're no holds barred. I mean, you, you are going to tell it the way that it is. And I'm going to end with this. After you left, um, on Wednesday, we all decided that you are the true champion of staff account managers, CSRs, whatever somebody wants to call them in their agency. You are the champion that sticks up for them in America.
1: Oh, well, I appreciate that. They they are the majority of employees, so and I think that they're a little underserved. There's, you know, there's great people out there like David Carruthers doing commercial producer training. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that you can do with agency owners. Like you've got your mastermind group, but there's really nothing out there for them. And they're the big source of investment in every agency and payroll. And my, I, I really take that responsibility pretty personally that they need help too.
0: Yes, they do. So one of my high horses, which I explained to IA at the uh, brain share was that I I believe that this is the greatest industry God ever created. Every loyal listeners, you know that. But really thinking about why it is. When I ask agents that, they always say, well, it's residual income. It's the fact that I just get renewals, you know, got renewals coming in. And then I started thinking to myself, yeah, that's true for me. But wait a minute. I don't handle my renewals, right? Like I do my big accounts, like my top five to 10. But besides that... Like Sarah handles that Marvin handles that may handles that. And then I started thinking to myself, wait a minute, women handle renewals. So if this is the greatest industry God ever created, it's because of women. And I truly believe that because I don't think an all man, uh, industry could, could put up with the stresses and the multitasking and the caring and sharing and understanding and listening that the characteristics of a woman, what say you Kelly?
1: Um, Well, I say this. I feel like selling a new piece of business is easier than keeping someone happy. So I can go prospect network, you know, like, and trust me, another agent drops the ball. I quote it. I save you some money or I find some coverage gaps. That's great. You know, it's it's the equation of dating, right? It's easy to get a first date. It's harder to get married and it's harder to stay married. And so their account manager's wow. responsibility is to keep the marriage alive. And by the way, there's all these outside influences, underwriters, producers who maybe don't get back to people in a timely fashion or, you know, coming in, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do this? It's like, well, you know, the owner gave me a big renewal to do and you gave me a renewal to do. Yours is half done. The, oh, I'm going to go with the owner. And so they're constantly, they're constantly in a state of distress of trying to figure out what the best next the next right thing to do is. And, you know, by the way, people don't love their insurance, right? Like people are out there like, God, I love my policy. It's so great. <laughs> so it's not just like, um, it's just, it's not the same sometimes as thinking about a new sale. A new sale is a win. And if the stars align, you get it. Keeping someone happy is
0: harder. That is yeah, true. true. Very good yeah, analogy good. to the marriage. Um, I say a lot to my team and have over the years that in a relationship is a relationship is a relationship, right? The same relationship that we have with our friends, our our spouses is very similar to the dynamics of what is needed with the customer, right? I mean, we can only take it so far, right? Um, but it, it's, it's essentially the same thing. They, they want the same type of thing, you know? And, um, I always say uh, my producers are prospecting right now and um, they're new. Okay. They've been doing it. You, you probably met one or two of them when we're at Bainshare and uh, they get really excited when they're cold calling and they cold call somebody and they're like, yeah, yeah, let's get together. Let's, you know, and I'm sitting there listening to it being like, guys, 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 guys. If two people walk into the room at a bar together and they look right at each other and go, hey, let's go home right now. That may not be one we want to take to mom, right? That may not be. It's definitely
1: not one you want to take to mom. (laughs) (laughs) Mom will see through that pretty quick.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So it's the same thing. It's the one that you have to spend three or four hours with, take on a date, get to know that's the one that you're like, hey this is one I got to take home to mom. Right. And so, um, I think that that's so it's very, very similar to how we are trying to do things. And I find that sometimes the people who are the hardest to create the relationships with sometimes become the best clients, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, they're loyal, right? Like, like they've made a, they made a well-calculated decision and a lot of times that's not due to price. And mm. if you really get good on the sales side of buyer personas. You know, like the startup company that's fast growing, you know, might be a really good quick hit, but they might leave you in two years because they need the cash flow and they found somebody else who's willing to undercut. The third generation company, dad might be loyal to a fault to an agent that's not doing his job or her job, but they golf every weekend and so they don't want to upset the apple cart. So how do you Mm -hmm. crack that nut? And so you have to really, on the, I think, on the prospecting side, get really good at the personas and what the key point pain points are, so you understand how to navigate them. And then there's some that just want to keep their agent honest, and so they go out to market every two or three years just to come back to their agent and tell them what to do.
0: That's right. That's right. Gonna keep them honest. Mm-hmm. Gonna keep my agent honest. <laughs> yep. Well, that's okay. Do it somewhere else. I'm not doing it. So, anyways, um, you know, there was a lot of good discussion there, and, and, and when we wrap, share. And, and some of the things that, um, that, that oh God, I lost my train of thought already. It's too early. And I'm, I mean, I'm working because well, you're,
1: you're on a, you're on a very big adventure for the next 75 days.
0: <laughs> yeah, I yeah, am. I am doing 75 hard, everybody. So bear with me as these podcasts may change, um, because it's who I, a different mindset right now, but yes. Um, so, so Kelly, whenever we are, whenever I want to tell you something. So Travis and I, Started out as I am the managing partner, okay? Mm -hmm. And he told me a long time ago, he was okay playing second fiddle. He knew that this was going to be my, that this was my baby. And he just wanted some say and he wanted me to change the name and stuff because it was JDC Insurance Group. And we did all that. What I have noticed over the last two to three years is I'm not the managing partner or let me put it this, I should not be. Ryan our Travis should be the managing partner. And we have slowly tried to give him the finances, starting to try and hook up with processes cuz he's very like rigid, like he's got this schedule of what he does the first hour he's in the office and the first 3 hours. I mean, he's got this thing down. The problem that I'm running into though is because I'm the great salesperson, let me just say. I'm the person who's looked at as the best sales, I don't I'm going to say best, the leading salesperson in the office I'm starting to find out that maybe that's more of my role, but Kelly, I'm finding out I'm not a good sales manager. (laughs) I mean, I don't, I'm not a hard ass. Does that make sense? Like I let them get by with too much, or I think that they're working too hard and so that I give them a break. Does that sound like other agency owners?
1: Absolutely. Um, So first of all, what you're describing between you and Travis is the classic traction book, the visionary and the implementer, right? And so Mm -hmm. he's the implementer. He's going to strategically get things done and communicate to the team. And you've got 700 ideas. And when you can find a partnership like that, it's beautiful because... Your ideas have a have execution. You will get very frustrated with everybody on the team because you'll be like, I have this idea, we're doing it, and then walk away and go be Jason because mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a strength and not everybody has it. But they're like, what do we do? How do we do it? What, I, I don't understand. So your roles balance each other out really well. On the sales manager side, the analogy I like to give is this, you know, being in New England, um, obviously Patriots country, even though we, we made the mistake of releasing Brady. Um <laughs> But, you know, neither, neither here nor there at this point, um, you know, the best coaches aren't the best players. Like, and, and that's something that we all have to identify is like, if you're great at sales, you're probably going to be a terrible sales manager unless you really make that commitment to that development side, because you can't do it for them. You have to hold people accountable. You have to coach mm-hmm. and listen, and you have to celebrate progress, true true hunters. And those true hunters are unicorns, by the way. Like, don't go hunting unicorns. You'll be very disappointed. Um, Those true unicorns, like you are, if you're really gifted in sales, you know, the idea is, is like, you don't want the BS of like hearing people's feelings. You're like, cool, just Mm -hmm. go hunt. And you probably can't really explain how you do it to people.
0: That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I role play with them over and over. I try to help them. Um, but yeah, God, you've just, you've just pegged me immediately. So what do I do? Do I just retire? Do I sell my agency? I mean, do, or what do I do? Do I just keep on being what I do and get somebody else to manage? I mean, you know,
1: Um, Well, you could definitely get other people to manage and and get in there. But the other idea is what if you were just the rainmaker? Like what if you generated the opportunity and then passed it? And if you, you know, we spoke for a few minutes before the podcast about our mutual friend, Chris Paradiso. That's what he does. He doesn't, he doesn't sell it. He generates it and passes it to the sales team and they take the they take it from there. Uh, You know, it's, it's all a mixture of items. I think it depends what your vision is for the agency on, on that next step.
0: So I go in and I lead and I'm, you know, they have a high mod. I've got the killing commercial stuff. I I like that. And then I give them and they're like, "Yeah, Jason, let's do this." And then I just turn it over to my staff. Why does or that feel get, so weird?
1: You get that initial meeting and you bring your staff with you. And you oh. say, "Hey, as the owner of the business, I'm here to meet with you, and this is our team of people that's going to work on it." And they're going to take it in and you're going to keep strengthening them through the act of doing that and eventually that they're not going to need you on all those meetings.
0: That is good advice right there. I like that. And I'm So you get to keep
1: going be Jason, right? And like go to lunch and meet people and set that initial appointment. But you don't really want to battle with underwriters and you don't really want to get supplemental apps and you don't really want to, you know, you might tear apart a policy, you might go close it, but all the stuff in between you don't really want to do.
0: No, I don't really want to do. Um, it gives me, it's like, I have to use too much mental power. You know what I mean? Like sales just comes naturally. I just pick up the phone. They answer. I'm like, Hey, what's up? You know, but yeah, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. So some of this stuff, and, and loyal listeners, the reason why you should listen is, is because it it really gives it gives me confidence hearing you say that, um, because I, I trust you and I think that you're really really good at what you do. But you're in so many different offices, um, and seeing a lot of these same problems, I imagine there's probably only like four or five things that all agencies have the same symptoms of. Am I might probably right or wrong by that? It's
1: it's about three that are consistent, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're, you know they're very broad based though, like communication, mm-hmm. processes, like they're very big, like heady topics. It's not just, it's not microscopic, but when you fix that, you, the tide rises on a lot of other things.
0: So Kelly, uh, me being a parent one time, or sometimes I have, uh, I have one that's 22. So he we already went through being a teenager. I'm right in the middle of the other one, 16. And um, sometimes... <laughs> The greatest feeling is when you talk to other parents'
1: <laughs> and you're, you're, not like, crazy. you're not
0: crazy yeah, I'm not crazy and oh my kid's really not that bad you know yeah, it's kind exactly. of the same thing here right you you see the same thing in these agencies and hearing you say that there's only really three I know they're broad that makes us feel better to be like okay, wow, this isn't because sometimes we question ourselves as business owners right? Like, am I doing the right thing? I'm doing the best I can. I've grew this agency to a million and a half in revenue. I mean, but it's like, sometimes you just feel like you're not doing the right thing. You yeah, know? You,
1: you can definitely feel like you're not doing the right thing. I think the other component though is, and we've been very strong on this this year is you have to figure out your vision. Like, where do you want to be in 10 years and be every year working 10% closer to that? Because that's the right thing. Right. Like, so going through the change and going through saying, Hey, whatever the revenue target is, if you want everybody working remotely, if you want to go into niches, like whatever that vision is, that's the right thing to do. Despite Mm -hmm. everybody's feelings or roadblocks. I mean, in this industry, we operate so much off of emotion and our emotions are often wrong. And then what happens is these problems build and compound and build until there's an, you know, a kind of a, you know, a, a conversion event, right? Somebody mm-hmm. quits, somebody's crying, somebody's threatening you, you know? And it's like, well, you know, we need to address these things a lot earlier on and not operate off of feeling and operate off of clarity and transparency and strong structures. Otherwise it's like, well, you know, I mean, we hear this all the time. I'm sure you heard, You hear it all the time. The biggest excuse right now I hear is the hiring problem. Mm-hmm. It's a problem. It's been a problem. <laughs> It's now a worse problem, but we're making an excuse to hold on to the wrong people. We're making an excuse to say, well, I can't find anybody. I can't find anybody. Well, you'll never will. Congratulations. You'll never find anybody. And you know what? Maybe you need to start taking some chances. Maybe you need to bite the bullet and spend the money on a recruiter. Maybe you need to go ahead and think about differently about virtual assistants. There is no shortage of solutions. What there is is a shortage of execution.
0: Who, come on, girlfriend. Now here's the thing about it, Kelly. You brought up something at Brainshare. Um what we're going through right now in our society speaking of hiring is what we call the great resignation. Now that's what I've heard it called out there. Um is the great resignation people who were away from their job and realize I don't want to go back. How can that benefit insurance agents?
1: Well, you know, it's it's a I think it's a kind of a trickle a trick, tricky subject. And this is why I'll go back to your vision and your values like You need to find people that fit that, not – and this is how we've hired in insurance. You fog a mirror and you have a license. Come Mm -hmm. on board. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, hey, listen, you have a license. You fog a mirror. You fit our culture. You fit our values. And we're going to keep investing in you too. Um, And however that looks like for your agency. There's a lot of people out there who don't want to come back to the office But what we've seen is twofold. There's some really good people and then there's some really bad people that don't want to come back to an office too. You know, we had one agency where the woman said, I'm not coming back to the office. I don't have childcare. I'm not going to spend money on childcare. So either you let me work at home and watch my kids at the same time or, you know, I'll go on unemployment. And that's a big ask of an employer to be like, you're going to watch a three-year-old while doing work, you know, being a customer service rep. That's hard. What do you you know? What are you supposed to say at that point? Mm -hmm. And I would say pass because that's not gonna. They're always gonna put their kid above the eight hours that they're working for you, and it's you know it's too hard. You're you're always gonna regret that decision, but you're gonna do it out of desperation because you don't have someone else there.
0: That is true. I like what you said here. I'm making notes. You said there's a ton of solutions. It's just uh, there's not a lot of execution. I like I like that. I like. Now
1: that. I will say this: if you find the good people and you can make it work because that's your culture, you also have to have fairness and equality between everybody. So, you find a rock star that wants to work from home, and you're not letting your team work from home, you're going to have a catastrophic issue on your hands. And so, oh. agencies have to embrace this idea of what is important to the workforce, but also what's important to you. My issue with working from home is how do we mentor and take new people into this industry? Because the training level is extraordinarily high to get someone up and running for this business. It's one of our barriers. Oh. And if everyone's working remote, I do get a little worried about how do we take new people in and train them in a totally remote environment.
0: I do too.
1: I'm not saying, it, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm saying it has to be incredibly intentional. And when someone is sitting next to us, a lot of times we don't train them that well.
0: hmm very true. Let alone trying to do it online. Hmm.
1: Correct, correct. And so this is why I feel like every agency's got to fight for what what they need, and they have to be mm. intentional and strategic. And if anything, more than ever, I would say become overstaffed. Um, and you know, there's nothing wrong with being overstaffed if you want to go into growth mode. In fact, it's your biggest cushion. Mm. And so you know, an extra forty five grand, fifty grand in payroll isn't going to break you if you're doing it right. It's in fact going to empower you to make decisions. And you pay people every week. You don't pay them $50,000. I don't give you a check, Jason, for 50 grand and say, here's what I did for the year. Like, you pay them week by week.
0: You do. Hmm. Got me really thinking about some stuff. Sorry about that, loyal listeners. That's what you get because, I mean, I'm, I'm listening to her just as you are. Kelly, one of the things that my team used with you at the beginning of the year um, was your online system. Now, I know that, seriously, I think that in five years, the and maybe less than that. But you are building this online treasure trove of all kinds of ways that these people can be helped. Hence, maybe when they're not in the office and they're away from the office. These are online classes And my team. uh, I think three of them or four of them took your class that had to do with your online. And I can't even remember what exactly it was. What do you have online?
1: where every quarter we drop a new course into it. So it's kind of like if you think about like Netflix or anything else like that, you get a new cor- new training every quarter. And the intention for us was use it in your team meetings, right? You have a meeting with your team, pop the 10-minute video and use the workbook, talk about it and further your knowledge um, right. or have someone come and do it independently. But I still have a, I'm still sort of traditional in the idea that you know, watching a video without conversation doesn't get the ball moved farther, far enough down the field. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, most people watch a webinar and are doing 10 other work and only catching glimpses of it. True, and so true. we wanted to empower every agency owner with a training track that they could do in-house at their leisure, but give you a lot of strategies on how to do it. And then the, the second one is we have process packs on our website. So you can literally purchase a, a pack on how to set goals you can purchase one on um, homeowners and auto endorsements with checklists and all this other things. So
0: job descriptions, have, you, job have like, descriptions yeah. you have like yeah, hiring
1: guide. We have a hiring guide too of ways to hire because I don't think we ever got trained on that. So we're we're beefing up so that if it's and this is the funny part and you'll get a kick out of this, Jason. So we've got a chat chatbot on our website and you can buy anything online and we get most purchases at about ten thirty at night. Really. Yeah, because here's what happens. Agency owner gets frustrated at what happened today. They're, you know, they try to talk to their spouse about it. The spouse is like, I'm sick of hearing about it. Like, deal with it. They start having a couple cocktails. They go on Google. They find a solution. The chatbot pops up, makes a recommendation. And then there's, you know, a $200 purchase at 1030 at night, you know, and it's like, So it cracks me up. We don't get we get some during the day, but at night I'm always like, you're searching for an answer to your problem. It's the Marcus Sheridan. They ask you answer.
0: You know what? And also we have a huge influx at around 730 or eight o'clock at night that has to do with podcasts. So I think they're listening to our podcast and then going and getting help from you.
1: There you go. It's a, it's a,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. uh, and is. so, and so what's the, what's the one that you have coming out? Like, don't you have one coming out in, yeah. in October?
1: Yeah. So I'm excited about this one because it's very different. So this isn't necessarily team training, but our next course is all about how to it's called plan and execute building your agency success roadmap so For me, um, I work with an outside coach every year on how do we build the plan for APP for next year. And there's like a strong workbook and there's just strong questions you have to ask yourself as a business owner. You know, like what should my job description be? What are we going to stop doing because it's not profitable? What problems do I need to address before the end of the year? You know, and I'm going to have a conversation with a team member tonight about a little attitude issue, which is unacceptable based on our values. Mm. And so it's literally a format. The workbook itself is 150. 50 pages. And there's a lot of room for notes. So I don't want to be intimidated by it. Right. But it's literally like write down like, what do you want your lifestyle to be? You know, what are the rules you're not going to break anymore? And it walks you through how to literally stop and get yourself a true plan and how to roll it out to your team. So it's not just a January meeting. It's like, here's our goals. By January 15th, no one can recite them. It's true. So it literally takes you through a whole planning section of the things that you need to do to get the agency that you truly want. And you've seen it, Jason. There's a lot of agency owners out there that are tired. There's a lot of agency owners that are burned out. And it's a lot, I think a lot of times it's because they're just bopping around in their agency. They're not really in that driver's seat. There's no gas in the tank. They're probably being more of an agent than a business owner. And I felt like looking in the industry, there's no like, give me a give me a workbook and I will fill it all out and then no, I will have a plan helpful. at the end. Um, and so we created that and I'm really excited about it because I think every year you should go back to it and do it again and do it again and do it again. But if you can get clear on what you want, you can get there. If you're not clear on what you want, you'll never get there.
0: No. So good. So good. You know, Kelly, I have something that I, not to, not to jump the subject, I have something that has to do with the pandemic and where we're here. But uh, how would they find out more about your new thing that you have coming out?
1: Yeah. So we're doing a pre-launch October 1st. I don't know when this podcast is going to launch. Um, October 1st, you the can course. buy it before it's ready. So you can get it. I think it's $3.95 and you own it and you'll have it for the rest of your life. From October 15th until October 31st, it'll be live and ready. So when you purchase, you get it immediately. It's four ninety-five, And after that, it goes up to nine ninety-five. So you can go to our website, you can go to our social media I will say one thing, Jason, that I think is really, I think that this is worth the price of the course alone is we hired three management system trainers for Applied Epic, AMS 360, wow. and Hawksoft. And so we actually broke down, there's ten, tw- 10 or 12 reports, some management systems don't have the capabilities to that we think that your agency should be running and how to look at that report and tell what's going on. So we actually had them, here's what to look for, Here's some common trips up. Here's how to make it right. And then we take it and say, okay, in Excel, here's what you want to look for. Like a big one is book seasonality. No one looks at book seasonality. So you don't know when your biggest renewal timeframe is and why everyone's running around stressed. So you allow time off at a high level or you change management systems at the worst time ever. And what you need to do instead is look at that and say, I need to have more empathy for my team during this time frame and protect them and understand where we're at until the producers maybe, hey, they're in the middle of the heaviest renewal season. We are a little backlogged on quotes. We're a team. We're all going to get through this together, but you can't just start jamming. You can't just start fighting Mm, with people all the time. Um, Another great report we have that we outline is here's the revenue per account. Here's how many activities so that you can fire your worst clients. You know, like let's get rid of the unprofitable customers in an agency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even just one of the things you should do to plan for next year, is the book distributed evenly? Or do you have your rock star that you're killing because you keep piling more work on them? They're gonna get burned out or leave, or maybe you need to pay them more because they are your rock star and they're doing way more. And guess what? The person who's doing the less, you sometimes you pay the most because you did right, it out right. of desperation. And so we actually go through all those reports and say, well, this is what you need to do with the data that you have.
0: I like to say that, that you can't, um, if you can't measure it, it's not real. Right. And that's what a lot of people aren't doing. Like I'm sitting here thinking, oh, well, I guess I can judge by commission about when my busy time is. And then I'm thinking to myself, no, you can't shut up. You don't know that. You know what I mean? So that, that makes, that makes total sense in what you're saying. What did you call that your your when that when when you're looking at your book and whenever the most is coming, due, you used a word
1: book seasonality?
0: Seasonality. That's what mm-hmm. you get, loyal listeners. When you get Piro on book seasonality, that will be something well, that
1: will be. And I want to say something about the metrics real quick, and that's a cut yeah. you off. But mm-hmm. a lot of agencies give up because they they look and know they're wrong. Okay, so let's fix it. Like we mm-hmm. make an excuse and we just say, oh well, they're wrong. So I'm just going to bail out. Make it right. That report can be right. It's one of three things. It's a download issue, a user entry issue, or it's a report issue. Sit and make it right. Because if you're operating without these numbers, you're operating without a roadmap. And by the way, it's it's just like weight loss or anything else. You step on the scale after Christmas. It is what it is today. Let's make it right. Let's take the year and make these reports right and stand by it. But like literally, oh, that's wrong. So we don't use it. We How many agencies don't have a retention number? And it's the number one way you make money. They don't know their retention because it's hard to get. And the management systems have failed us on making it easy, but we can't use that as an excuse. You can't blame your management system because the report is hard to use. It's your business. Figure it out.
0: It is. No, I love it. (laughs) No, I'm serious. I love it. And that's why we have you on here. Um, One of the things I wanted to, you know, I was thinking about this the other day and I'm thinking, how many agents today after pandemic well, it's not after, but we're allowed back out of our house and, and start businesses again. Okay. Yeah. Um, If I ever hear an agent say, man, we got a bunch of walk-in business that I just can't get rid of. Have you thought about that? Like, that's not an excuse anymore. It's really, truly you. There was like 16 months that they could not come into your office. They had to make a payment somewhere else. And I'm talking to this agent at Brainshare and he's telling me, that one of his biggest drains on his staff is the people that make walk-ins. And I looked at him and I said, so you still have people walking in? And he goes, oh yeah, we have at least probably 10 a day.
1: So I want to say this because I've, I've, for a long time, I've felt the same way with you, but I've had a little bit of a change of heart for a few reasons. Okay? So in some states, you have to take all legal forms of, ten- of, of payment.
0: Mm. So
1: you have to take cash legally by that state. So I have, I want to say like, cause sometimes I'll get smashed over the face and be like, we can't do that in our state, Kelly. And it's true. And so we have to be kind to those people who legally have to take all forms of cash. And then I also look at it from the perspective of, like I was in a super small town, 900 people yesterday in Washington state, (laughs) Wow. high agriculture business. The farmers come in with cash, they pay in full, they do their thing. I agree. I think that our goal is to stop new business getting sold that way, stop rewrites, and aggressively work with our clientele to get them on alternate forms of payment. And if you're in a metropolitan area where you can, you should absolutely stop taking cash. If you're in a farm town of 900 people, where like, you know, they, they they walk in with their cash and they right. have their cup of coffee and that's your that's your persona, that's your vision, that's who you serve. You gotta you gotta think about it. If you're a non standard agency where people are doing all sorts of non standardy like things and cash is their preferred <laughs> form of Tinder, <laughs> take the cash. <laughs> you know, right. like But if you are in an area where you can do it, and we've taken many, it's the same thing with shutting down a location. You won't feel the impact that you think in your head, but you, I think that, um, I think that every time someone walks in, you should make it rather uncomfortable for them to pay you in cash.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) But think about this, Kelly, if they had 10 or 15 coming in before the pandemic, they got 10, 15 coming in when we're back open in the pandemic. Like they were doing something for 10 to 12 months. You know what I mean? I would love to remind them like, hey, uh, (laughs) how'd you pay it last November and October and September? Because you couldn't come into my office. You know, I just kind of thought that that really blew me away. And I am going to look at those because I, this in Illinois, where I started my agency. Yeah. It's small town America. It's really hard to tell one of our two. And we don't get a lot. I mean, I'm talking, we get like two a week and it's very tough.
1: I will say this we we worked with an agency during the pandemic and they're owned by a bank so they shut their locations like out to the public. Mm-hmm. And they were freaking out because they took a ton of cash payments. And this happened actually twice during the pandemic. Well, it turns out they did the research they were the only ones in town taking cash. So they felt comfortable pulling the plug on that, right? And saying, gotcha. "Hey, you know what? We're, we're not going to lose anybody. We're the last ones. And then we have other agencies where they're sending you the cash payers because they know that they're a drain and you're just the collection house for the town trash of insurance. And you got to, I think to me, what I would say is I think it, uh, it it warrants the idea of further exploration and operating off of facts, not feelings. If you're the only one in town, you will not lose business. If, you, if everybody in town is doing it and that's the community you serve, I think you have to train your team to aggressively work as many people over. And and by the way, here's the thing, guys, incentivize your team. Pay them 25 bucks for every EFT conversion. Pay something significant. Mm. Because here's the thing, that's that saves you tons and tons of time over the course of it. So and and don't pay commission if they sell it with a cash payment. Pay only if they're on EFT or pay in full.
0: Wow. You know, hey. and, and you
1: can get yourself through it and stop the bleeding. People will get the message.
0: Yeah, they will. I love it. I love that stuff. You got my brain thinking on a couple of things. So Kelly, um, you love pit bulls, right?
1: <laughs> I do have a pit bull mix.
0: Oh, a pit bull mix, yes, <laughs> I know. But you stand up for him out there. I, I really admire that. And your and he's a snuggler, and uh, she and has I know. A she. Huh? It's a she. Oh, she. She's yes. a she's a snuggler. And I know you're married. So here's the deal. Um, I know you get your kicks on Netflix. Maybe you and your boo watching Hulu. Uh, maybe you spend your time on Amazon Prime. What are you watching um whenever you're just kapoo and trying to chill out?
1: So um I am a like I don't watch a ton of TV, but right now billions is back, and that's that's my jam. So we're 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 a billion succession Yellowstone family. Um but I can say safely, like, I'll throw TV on in the background while folding laundry, but I'm, you know, very mm-hmm. few times do I make the commitment to big television shows.
0: What is it about billions that really draws you in?
1: Um, I love the character development. I love the sharp, witty comments. I love the drive. I love the high performance of it all. And I also completely love the fact that, um, it's like good versus evil, but they're both evil.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Which, which more, which one's the evil, less evil, right? I like those Mm -hmm. Mm
1: too. I do.
0: I do like those. I do like those. Well, I got to tell you, I appreciate it. Any good books you've been reading lately? I know you just got done. Hey, everybody, she got done with 75 hard. Uh, Kelly did it. That doesn't surprise me that she could make that through any books that you've uh, read lately that you like.
1: Um, So I'm on phase one now. So I'm on the next 30 days. So once you once you complete it, Jason, there's other phases. You could do the whole year. There's a whole year program. Um, so, but you're only on day two. So don't don't get to, I, know, don't get the I know I know I know we're time here. Um, I'm reading the um un I get it tripped up the the common path to uncommon success. It's actually a whole book on podcasting. And how to really structure podcasts and make money off of podcasts and things like that. So for those of you who don't know, part of 75 hard is you have to read 10 pages of a book every single day. Mm. And so um, that's not a problem for me as far as just reading goes. So that's the one I'm on right now.
0: I had to jump back and actually go buy a book though because I'm Mr. Audible. And mm-hmm. part of the rules is you can't use Audible so I like, I didn't realize that. So I bought like three or four books knowing that I was going to listen to them. And then I read the actual fine print and it yeah. says you can't do that. So I jumped out and, and bought one of them.
1: I'm a so- Kindler, but I have like 75 books I haven't read on my Kindle because I'm always like this new one, this book says this. So I have like, I, I am a buyer and then I have this library and I always go after the next hot thing.
0: <laughs> Maybe I should get a Kindle or right, I need to get one of those like not iPads because We don't do Apple around here, but one of those, uh, one of those, and that would, that may help me. That might help me. Cause, cause I it's hard for me to remember to have a book all the time. Mm -hmm. I always have my cell phone with me and I'm like, Oh, I got some time hit play and you can listen, but that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Kelly, you're always full of them. Good ideas. Not full (laughs) of shit, but anyways. Um, so Kelly do really appreciate you. We appreciate you in this industry. I mean, we really truly do. You, you are a, um, you are a beacon of hope for a lot of us, especially a lot of the people who make this industry the greatest industry God ever created. Do you remember when we first met?
1: Gosh, I don't. I mean, I would think that we probably first met back before I was off on my own.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were doing something. I can't remember. I remember we were at a conference somewhere and it was like a a surfing theme. It was... It was something, and you came up to me and was like, "Hi, I'm Kelly," and I really thought to myself, "Man, she is everything everybody has told me." And I mean by that is you're very, you're a very confident person. You're very assertive. You said in Billy or uh, Billy <laughs> Billions that they have sharp, witty comments, which is totally you. Um, and one of the things that in a male-dominated industry, and when you had that microphone, it was ha- it was so awesome to see you put. Guys and girls, but in check, you know, just based on not so much like, well, what you're doing is stupid. No, you never say that. But have you thought about this? Right. And that was something that maybe other people had those thoughts, but they don't want to speak up sometimes. And, um, and I appreciate you being who you are. I really do.
1: Well, I think it's like we all think everybody's just like us, right? So mm-hmm. when agency owners are typically sales driven, you know, the in conver- the conversation I think we were having at Brainshare was, you know, how do I pay my my service team based on revenue? And I'm like, you're going to freak them all out for the most part, like know your audience. And I get the idea as a business owner, and I'm not saying you don't need checks and balances on that, but it, like that is, that's not the nurturer You know, like imagine Mm -hmm. going to a bank teller and saying, we're going to pay you on the transactions that are in line, (laughs) you know?
0: Yeah, that would be wild. It's
1: it's just a different, it's a different mindset. And I feel like you have to be looking at that stuff, but you also have to understand your audience and that these people are really important and they're important to your business. And at the end of the day, they they take a lot of heat from a lot of different places. And if you can understand them, you will Mm -hmm. get a lot farther in your growth.
0: Amen to that. Kelly, thank you for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me, Jason.
0: If they want to find you, where can they find you?
1: Uh, Usually a Delta Sky Club lounge. Um, (laughs) No, I'm in, uh, right now I'm in Salem, Oregon. Um, But no, agencyperformancepartners.com. Go there. Um, I think Jason alluded to it. We do a a daily three-minute video. So you can even go onto our blog and search. I think there's probably over a thousand on there now of different yeah. topics for your agency. And then the chat bot will come up and make recommendations to you.
0: <laughs> Thanks for everything you do. Thanks, Jason. Loyal listeners, this has been Jason Cass. This has been Kelly Donahue Pirro um, with Agency Intelligence, where I give you real agents. She works at an agency inside real agents, a uh, real agents inside real agency, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. This is Cass. She's Pirro. We're out. Hey, agents, listen to this, listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it, think of it, really. We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows